Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Hungarian Grand Prix edition. Katie vibing there. I'm absolutely loving that. And Tommy as well. It is a beautiful day, a Monday full of reviewing what was supposed to be a rather mediocre race. Hungary, the Hungaro ring, is supposed to be difficult to overtake, supposed to not give us maybe, actually, we have had quite a few race, good races around there, but, you know, you, you don't go into it thinking it's going to be a worldie. And we are Thanks very happy, aren't we? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think Hungary... Hungary? Hungary? Uh, <laughs> I, Hung, I think Hungary is quite underrated. I, I think... Mm. It, don't, don't get me wrong, I think you're right. It's, it's either an absolute banger or a procession... Monaco boring kind of race, but did yeah, you just we'll put see. Monaco just and boring, boring in the same sentence? Wow. Well, Sorry. I like Monaco, but I know people find it boring. But um yeah, it's you're a man of the people. The, you're a yeah. man of the people. I like it. Um, so of course, welcome to Tommy, the WTF1 founder, and Katie, the uh, WTF1 editor. We are ready to review. That was very, very serious. I just felt like I needed right. to say that you're the founder, Tommy, just for the banter of just for the banter of everyone thinking not that because, it's actually not because legitimate. I'm contractually obliged. Um yeah. Definitely not contractually. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not. Anyway, uh, some three-word race reviews. Let's dive straight into it. Uh, at underscore Noah's 21 underscore Williams points. Finally, at Christian Calarco underscore Vettel got robbed. And at zero, uh, 007 in Detroit, Bottas goes bowling. That's my favorite <laughs> three-word race review. I think that's uh, that's really good. Really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with... Well, I mean... The Vettel got robbed one's going to be an interesting debate because, I mean, he, I guess, as a driver was robbed, but the team, we will talk about maybe what they could have done more later on. But uh, let's start with my three-word race review because I think it sums it up quite nicely. I cannot comprehend, as I kind of mentioned in the intro, you on paper, you look at the Hungarian Grand Prix circuit and you go, it's difficult to overtake. You know, it, if you're going to have a normal dry race, it's probably going to be average at best but for some reason the hungara ring just turns up and it did turn up in ridiculous fashion this year of course with the rain coming down as well which spiced up just before the race i mentioned in internet's best reactions how you know we never believe it's going to rain until literally it is hitting the ground there at the f1 racetrack and uh yeah i'm just soaking in what was an unbelievable race to take us into the summer break and and Ocon won. Like, there's so many things not to be able to comprehend. It's not just that. It's it's Williams getting points. It's the Alonso versus Hamilton unreal battle. There's so many things to talk about, but I'm just buzzing. It was a mad, mad race. I mean, I've been to Hungary before, to the Hungaroring. That was my first ever Formula One race. And like, I can speak for myself that it's got like a microclimate there, which some circuits do have. Um, and I've had it before where I've been caught in like a storm. It's literally come out of nowhere and yeah, like absolute downpour. And we saw it as well in the F3 race earlier in, in the day. But yeah, what a completely unpredictable, crazy race. Like you say, there are a million things to dissect in this podcast, which I'm slightly worried this is going to be like our longest podcast ever because there are so many talking points. Like every driver on that grid has their own story to tell from it. Um, and yeah, Esteban got his first win, which is amazing. You call him Esteban. I called him Yesterban. Little Esteban. Esteban. Oh. I thought you said Esteban. Oh. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's the cold. <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm sounding slightly raspy today. But yeah, Esteban got his first win. I mean, 
I like Esteban. I think he's a brilliant driver, but I'll be honest, I didn't see him being a Formula One race winner, maybe ever, or at least not in the next few years, let alone Alpine. Like, it's just amazing. Like, as much as I'm loving the championship fight between Hamilton and Verstappen, it is so refreshing to see new blood on the top of the podium um, and, you know, a team that has gone so long without getting a victory um, to be rewarded um for all the chaos that happened I'm yeah absolutely thrilled and I just can't wait to talk more about this race because it's just put me in such a good mood pre-season yeah. Tom is absolutely raging with uh, the fact that Alonso hasn't won in the Alpine and Ocon oh, has no. <laughs> the uh I, that's I the watched, other reason I'm happy <laughs> yeah I watched that race again um to make notes watched it like watched the channel Four highlights um this morning and went to make notes and ended up just eyes glued to the screen again because it was so good and I just wanted to watch it again because it was that good it's very similar to I feel like it was quite similar to Monza in the fact that there wasn't loads of overtaking and even similar to Monza it was kind of Hamilton doing all the overtaking um but it just shows that through a bit of unpredictability like you say when we're so used to it just being who's going to win this week Hamilton or Verstappen and then those two kind of Hamilton not quite out the equation but you know when you when you had that top three of Ocon, Vettel and Latifi you were like what on earth is going on <laughs> and uh yeah like you say there's just so much to talk about and so much to unpack from that race because I think it sums it up that Russell finally got points and it's probably about the fifth or sixth top talking <laughs> point from the <laughs> from the it's race hard. of all the times for Williams to score not only one point but ten supposedly if if Bettel does officially get disqualified in one race and yet that is probably as you say one of the sort of minor talking points of the race it's you just couldn't really you, you couldn't write it it's uh it's been yeah insane uh Mark Spilario asks will this race be the confidence booster Ocon needs to start delivering a star performances on a more consistent level I mean F1 is a confidence game. We've seen that with a lot of drivers. Um, I don't know whether it will change his season completely. I don't know if it is. it was the lack of confidence that, you know, caused him to to not really be performing since he's re-signed with his contract. But obviously it's going to help for sure. You know, he's literally got a win under his belt and I don't think he's going to be getting another win for a very long time. You know, Katie said it probably shouldn't have ever unless we had a crazy race like like yesterday. So it definitely will be a confidence booster for sure. You know, that, that kind of, you know, that pressure of delivering sure that he probably had in the back of his mind that he's just signed a brand new contract with Alpine and he hasn't really performed at all, getting knocked out in Q1 in both of the Austrian races. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be great for him. Whether or not it will change his game so much that he starts beating Alonso, I don't think so. I think it was very much a, you have to be there on the occasion. He was, he turned up, he beat Vettel. He, he was faultless. I'm not sure that will give him extra pace that he's maybe been lacking in the last few races. Yeah, agrees. Like, I don't want to... It's the same with Gasly. It's very, very similar to, to Gasly's win. You know, at the end of the day, he was in the right place at the right time at turn one to get into the lead. Um, but it's a very different story to hold off someone, especially like, you know, Sebastian Vettel, um, and not put a foot wrong when you've never led a Grand Prix. So it was really, really similar to Gasly's win in that sense that, yeah, he he got the good fortune he needed to get into the lead. 
and then could resist the pressure and didn't put a foot wrong. But I'm, but I'm with you. Yeah, I'd be amazed if suddenly, you know, he's kind of there trying to get P, P5, P6 um, consistently. Uh, he'll still have tough races, but it is, like say, a mental game. So I'm sure it's definitely not done him any harm to win a Formula One race. And it must be such a huge boost, um, like you say, because there's no denying he has been poor since signing his contract. He had a few really bad races, especially in Austria. And I don't think anyone would have seen him <laughs> winning a race as we went into the summer break. It's absolutely crazy. It does still feel like a dream like this isn't reality it's very strange but yeah I mean winning a race is undoubtedly going to help with confidence um and Esteban is one of these drivers as well he's quite shy and coy and modest unlike some other drivers on the grid um so I think having that win behind him and knowing that he can do it and you know he's had such an interesting Formula One career um having been literally dropped from F1 and being out for a year um and coming back so yeah, I'm sure he's probably just grateful that it's happened because, like we've all said, I think quite a lot of us weren't, and probably Esteban himself probably didn't think it was going to happen. I know all F1 drivers have to have the mentality that they're there because they can win races and stuff, but for the um, sort of series of events that led to that, like I don't think anyone would have been able to predict it. I mean, Tommy got close predicting a Vettel win on Twitter, which I do want to mention. I know it didn't happen, but we all like looked at that prediction and we were like, Tommy, I think all the Twitter did though, like, Tommy, what are you smoking? Like, what have you had on your, on your cereal this morning? But hey, you, that all seeing eye, you could see it coming maybe. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that this will be a great boost of confidence for Esteban going into that summer break um, and hopefully being able to take that momentum with him um, into, into Belgium and the rest of the season. Didn't you also predict, Tommy, that both Red Bulls and Bottas would be out on lap one or something ridiculous like that? And uh... Yeah, so I put I put the prediction in about Vettel winning because I just had this weird <laughs> gut feeling that Vettel was going to do something special. So I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going to go. I, you know, they said about the rainstorms. Normally, initially, I just had the same top five order and I was like, that's really boring. I'm going to I'm going to take a punt, went for Vettel. And then I messaged you guys and said, to be honest, what I can see, I didn't want to put Hamilton first again because I think we all went for Hamilton. Uh, I think I said to you guys, I can see Bottas and both Red Bulls going out and Hamilton winning. Um, and then sure enough, one <laughs> that is Bottles, bowling Bottas himself uh, made my prediction come true, sadly. Absolutely made, ridiculous. It made for an amazing race. I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, they, those predictions are out of this world, Tommy. Um, wrong, but out of this world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so close, so close. No, it is funny how everyone was like, oh my God, that's such a good prediction. And I didn't get anyone right. And I think my other four drivers didn't even finish the race. No, no, yeah, literally like... none of them finished. I don't think any of us got any positions right for our race prediction, which is not surprising. Would. No. Um, to be fair, though, if Hamilton finishes P2, maybe. But anyway, um, AF1555, what could have happened if Hamilton also pitted on the formation lap? Would there be a race start without cars? So Michael Massey came out and basically said, yes, there would have been a race start without cars because the lights basically signify the start of the race. And then once that has happened and the lights have gone out, it would then go green at the end of the pit lane and then everyone would have filtered out. So it would have been this even more strange than seeing just Hamilton looking like he's just disconnected from a Formula One game lobby to uh, 
you know, having nothing. It's just what would the image is. Do you reckon the camera uh, person would have done? Would no, they, they would have shown the grid? I think they had, would have had to have shown had the to lights. show the grid. Yeah, the show the lights, show the lights and then cut to the yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, <laughs> that that image was, was, is burned into my brain of Hamilton just sat there on his own on pole position. But then, as soon as we saw that, and everyone else filtering in the pits, we were like, Mercedes has completely and utterly bottled this. And I don't know if we've got this later on, or we should talk about this now. I think we should talk about it now, probably. There is a ne- um, next. Oh, question. there is a next question well from it. Jake C C E Y says, "Why didn't Lewis change his tires at the start of the race?" His underst- oh, Well, hopefully, I've covered the formation up. Anything that you guys want to add on that? Not, not say, really, other than it I being was gonna, mad. Yeah, mention <laughs> that Michael Massey yeah, said that basically they would have started without cars. The start lights would have gone on as normal once the last car was in the pit lane and then the five red lights go out and then the pit exit would be open for them to like parade out. But um, yeah, absolutely mad. I mean, obviously this was as a, as a result of the red flag that happened with that first lap crash where everybody seemed to get wiped out. Um, and it was, it's going to be the most surreal, like pub quiz question in 20 years time of like, explain the context behind this image. It's still now like thinking about it. I just keep laughing because it's such a weird image of just Hamilton being on the grid on his own. It's like, it puts, um, the USA, the uh, famous indie start, um, to, well, not to shame, but like makes that look like quite a good Good start having six. A healthy grid. grid. <laughs> yeah, compared to just Hamilton, it's just mad. Yeah. You can tell they hadn't, because they hadn't prepared for it, had they? There's not actually a rule that says that was. It was <laughs> just Massey saying, this is what I would have done because they never would predict that every single car would go <laughs> yeah. into the pit lane, um, which led to another interesting moment where George Russell didn't really know where to filter in because if you've got every single car coming into the pit lane, they're queuing and essentially all the other cars are queuing alongside Russell. Um, so he didn't really know what to do because, you know, he tried to filter in and eventually um, obviously he decided I'm going to go for it would have taken the lead. I think a lot of people thought he had a problem. Um, everyone, you know, assumed he had a problem, but it was just him obviously letting back the cars and filtering back into the position he needed, which I think he said he was very grateful for the, um the stewards to essentially understand that it is a really odd situation and he genuinely didn't know what to do because they could have quite easily given him a drive-through penalty or something but he was like well i you know i i don't know where to fit into this train give the positions back okay done it was quite a sensible call in the end i think Definitely. Yeah, because it was a once in a lifetime thing that's gone on. You know, it's never happened in Formula One before, I imagine. So they weren't prepared for this. And and therefore, yeah, I think all of our hearts sank a little bit when we saw George going slowly. We were like, oh, for God's sake, obviously Crofty was assuming maybe he had a puncture or whatever. And because he would everyone... have taken the lead, wouldn't he? Yeah. So he that would have actually... made it even more <laughs> like. Why? But the thing is, it's a it's a blooming good job for Ocon and Vettel's sake that Russell had to give those positions back because had he not, Ocon and Vettel would have been in that pack and Russell would have probably led for a good 15, 20 laps because... The midfield couldn't as get we past, saw with like Latifi, even yeah. Sonoda. Yeah, Sonoda could not get past Latifi and even as a Williams, you know, you think... Um, I'm I'm wondering if part of that is just purely it was Yuki Sonoda trying to get yeah, past. Yeah, didn't want to go for an absolute dive bomb and yeah. have another crash, but it was not a not an easy track to overtake, so... No, by, yeah, by, it would have. Yeah, by no means. Um, 
Sorry, Tommy, I thought you were carrying, carrying okay. on. You just, you just you sort of were saying halfway through a sentence, then just stopped. <laughs> we both stopped our sentence okay. at the same time. Oh, anyway. Um, so, Why yeah, I think we, we've covered the formation lap. Um, let's talk about the, the change of tyres then and the fact that, that the understand. Well, obviously, on the formation lap, the team cannot speak to the driver. That's it's radio silence. So the ruling is they cannot say anything about, you know, getting the tires up to temperature brakes, whatever. Nothing is allowed to be said on that formation lap. And part of that is obviously around pitting. And I know that we had that before, didn't we, with Haas when they came into the pits to change for I can't remember which race that was. Anyone remember that one? Where, it where was Haas, hungry last year. It was hungry, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and and they got penalized for that, didn't they? For yeah, I've looked speaking. into this though, because a lot of people have been sharing. Uh, videos of Esteban Ocon being told essentially to pit and the formation lap to the grid after the red flag the rules don't apply oh so 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 you can talk so everyone was told so it was literally just a mistake from Mercedes even though Toto has been trying to defend it and saying Oh, well, it was the right call. It was the right call, and I don't really understand that because, yeah. and then and then you had other people saying, "Oh, well, Hamilton would have been at the back of the pack because in the pit lane, but he would have been able to filter out. There was a gap there." Um, yeah, I think yeah to cover up the confusion, you wouldn't have been allowed to do it on lap one, which is weird because it is a formation lap again to the grid, and they have a standing start, but that rule doesn't apply, so everyone was allowed to say it's clearly slicks because you heard Russell even saying it's slicks now to his yeah. team and stuff. It's Everyone was having this conversation. I don't understand why. Why is it different? That, that makes one, no because sense. you want to see that one, which makes me think that Giovinazzi must have made that decision himself for slicks because then, because he did it at the start, didn't he? The actual mm. start. Um, yeah, it's a really odd one. I'm surprised, to be honest, the biggest surprise at the very start, uh, on the restart was I'm surprised that someone like Verstappen didn't start on slicks. So Giovinazzi came into the pits for dries at the start. At the very start. So he mm. would he he wouldn't have been allowed to tell his team. So why how has he not led the race? Because the because it was still raining at that point, and then it and then they was the red flag and he was at the back, and then everyone pitted. Came no, but he would but then he would have been on Why didn't the, he just line you know, up? He changed three. to inters, he changed to inters, and then everyone changed again. So he, yeah. Everyone, because you're allowed to change your tires. This is what I mean. You're allowed to change your tires after the red flag. Oh, so, so he I, came I in, changed his tires, and then put inters on again, which is such a bad during call the red flag. Oh because, my! Because if one car would have put on the slicks, they would have led. Yeah, that's what I'm and, thinking. And I, I cannot believe Verstappen didn't do that because he was down in 14th with a beaten up car, probably only going to finish six, seven. Well, maybe maybe they thought higher, but obviously he only ended up finishing 10th in the end. You think? gamble and get your way right back up to the front again maybe but yeah very strange they didn't do that but i guess it's all it's all hindsight isn't it exactly the beauty of knowing what happened Uh, and Mm. that's the thing with lewis wasn't it It was the fact that um mercedes had kind of given him this this information that it was supposed to rain a little bit later on in the race so he assumed that starting on the inters would have been the right call until absolutely nobody else came uh, onto the grid with him which again incredible little image there is a weird one and obviously like with Hamilton leading the pack as well it's always going to be difficult if you're the first one to make the move because he could have gone into the the pit stop and then no one else followed him behind but he did say like on team radio that he was driving around saying to the team like it's dry it's dry and he's changed tires and they said no just stay out so um 
it's pressure isn't it it's hard when you're the yeah. leading car because i think ocon said the same thing that ocon was very touchy about it because essentially he's in second place and they're like pit and he must be like no i'm second absolutely <laughs> no to. way am i paying yeah because but... again you'd look like a mug if you're the if if hamilton Only came one, into the pits yeah. and everybody else went onto the grid you'd be like well, what the hell yeah. is he doing you know yeah. so but yeah it's uh it was a very difficult situation and uh still one of the strangest things ever in 10 years time you'll see a wtf1 video around the the 19 cars that yeah. came into the pits for the grid start i can see it now we interrupt this wtf1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode manscaped There's been some exciting news across the UK. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawn Mower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane and, dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. They also include the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Manscaped has even thrown in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0 the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Katie, your three red review, please. Race review, please. My, mine is <laughs> Bottas effed up. And I've wow. Because I don't want us to get demonetized. <laughs> I also love how in the sheet we've got F star star. Yeah. CKED. I put my little asterisks in. Just, just no, in but, case no, but what's, what's the two stars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You put two asterisks. Two, are you putting two U's there? Is it like a. F- yeah, like he, he really messed up. Okay. Talk to me. <laughs> um, so, what a total mess for Bottas. I mean, at fault, no questions asked. Um, and. For me personally, and I think I saw on Twitter that you share the same opinion, Matt, that the penalty he was given did not fit the crime. I know that there is a case of, you know, and we literally talked about this in Silverstone, um, at how you can't really have a penalty like afterwards, like if you take out a championship leader or something like that, you can't they go, oh, well, I'm going to put an extra amount of grid places or something on because you've wiped out. The action, not the consequence. Yeah. yeah, literally. So, um, like, I I think it's important to see that as like, yes, he might have wiped out Norris, which as a result then wiped out the Red Bulls, and like, you know, not ideal. But like, just generally, his driving was appalling, and he seems to absolutely crap himself every time it's wet. Like we've seen it in Turkey, we've seen it in Imola. Um, I said to Tommy on, on WhatsApp before the race. You know, oh, it's I raining. I would have preferred Bottas the three-word gonna... race review, Bottas crapped himself. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been a better race review. Um, and so, yeah, he obviously has some sort of drama with being in the wet. He doesn't like it. And it's the same when he was with Williams in, like, Brazil 2016. Like, he just didn't do very well there. Oh, either, yeah, tell, but... tell, tell everyone about the text you sent me, literally, as the lights went out. Oh, <laughs> we still got it. It was phone. something like, I must this, do. this has Bottas choking in the rain written all over it and then literally 30 <laughs> seconds later he's taken half the grid <laughs> i said to you 
it's like that George Russell thing of this has got all the characteristics of embarrassment. Um, so I said, duh, 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 duh. this is like We're great in the Katie interval. Oh my gosh, where are they? This is um, oh yeah, Bottas <laughs> is going to choke again in this weather. And then literally five minutes later, age 12. So yeah, I had a feeling that Bottas was going to absolutely choke and he did. Um, and yeah, just terrible start from him. At the beginning of the, um, you know, going into the first corner, I think like he was alongside Gasly um, and then just decided to not break and crash into Norris. And it was just really a disaster. But God. I realise I'm still talking about my point. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, Kate has woken up and chosen level savage I've been today. stuck in bed Jeez. for the last week. I am so desperate to talk and about F1 with people. Bottas <laughs> is going to be the one that gets it today from Katie. <laughs> it's, uh, he's the target man. Um, yes, I mean, he did F up uh, completely and utterly. Uh, it, it was very close that there wasn't a massive crash similar to what we saw in Singapore between Verstappen, Raikkonen and Vettel, I think in 2017, was it? Where uh, it was almost like a sandwich oh, yeah. where, you know, you had the the Red Bull on his left and then the McLaren on his right. And then it kind of the gap just closed so quickly. Uh, so Bottas did well to get out of that. He's thinking, ah, oh, you know, decent, fair enough. He lost a couple of places, terrible start, but yeah, fine. But I almost feel like he was dazed by almost getting, you know, being the meat in a sandwich that he almost lost his bearing slightly and then braked at like the hundred meter board, which, you know, it's, it's raining. You've heavy fuel. I mean, I know my only experience of the Hungarian Grand Prix circuit is on the F1 game, but I know that you don't break at the hundred meter board on the first lap with cold tires on intermediates in the wet. So I just feel like he, he almost lost a little bit of concentration or something. Then obviously panicked, braked a little bit too hard, locked up his front left, yeeted Norris into, you know, it, it just basically was like, was a bowling ball uh, into the Red Bulls. Obviously Bottas took the other Red Bull out. And I mean, mission accomplished if you're a Mercedes, really. I mean, obviously I don't think he did it on purpose in the slightest. Not even 1% of me thinks that he did it on purpose, but my goodness me. I mean, he couldn't have written a better scenario for, for Lewis Hamilton trying to win the Drivers' Championship with his mistake. And as for the penalty, of course, we keep talking about, you know, that it is the action, not the consequence, but you see that and you see that he has just completely and utterly destroyed someone else's race by a terrible mistake. And for me, five place grid penalty doesn't match that crime, let alone wiping everybody else out as well at, at, at turn one, which isn't taken into account. But for me, it's quite frustrating that it isn't in some way. But then we open because a whole it can is, of worms. Yeah, you open a whole can of worms with that, but it is literally their title rivals that he's taken out, which makes it, you, you, I can sympathize. I mean, it's the, the crash, like you say, is a conspiracy theorist dream that he's. I don't for one minute think it was intentional, but the fact that he's taken the entire top five out of the championship apart from Hamilton in one move, um, <laughs> obliterated both Red Bulls, taken Lando out, who's also his title challenge like rival as well, and managed to, like you say, wipe everyone out apart from Lewis and basically leave Lewis with a battle for victory between Latifi, Ocon and <laughs> Vettel. Um, yeah, he's... Bottas in the rain, because I think originally you were going to mention about the how just poor mm. he is in the in in the rain. Like that's the reason you kind of messaged me as well. Um the last four races, 2019 Germany, he was so far off the pace and ended up spinning out. 2020 Turkey, he spun 
that eight, nine eight times, times or something, or something yeah. and got lapped by Hamilton. Then you had Imola where, yes, he DNF'd because Russell smashed into him, but he was nowhere with pace. And then today, you know, didn't even make it to turn one. Today? Wipe, sorry, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> There's another race? Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the sprint. Sprint. <laughs> um, yeah. His, his, um, his wet weather driving recently has been... He needs to go on a so, stick so, or something. So bad. Well, he does rallying, which is the <laughs> weirdest thing that, you know, he does, he does this, the rallying on ice and stuff. And clearly he's, he, um, needs to do a bit there. more of it. Yeah. He needs to obviously do a bit more of it, but yeah, I just, I, I literally couldn't believe it. I, it's one of those things. I mean, everyone, everyone here that we had the conversation after, after the Austrian Grand Prix, the title's over. You know, and we were like, it only needs one DNF. It only needs two Mercedes to <laughs> take the stuff and out two races. And then you basically, he's right back in. Hamilton's won the race in Silverstone, finished second or third, we'll find out. Um, and Verstappen's essentially got one point in the last two races, and it's completely flipped on its head. Maybe two. Maybe two Maybe points. Two. Oh, yeah. You never I saw, know. I saw the most ridiculous tweet where it was like, oh, Hamilton's so lucky. And then someone replied going, oh, yeah, well, Verstappen was lucky too. And it was like, how? And he goes, well, Verstappen gained a place as well. It's like, <laughs> technically, really... mathematically speaking, he still lost points to Hamilton. But he gained a whole, place and lost a budge. That whole lucky and stuff and the <sighs> mafia and blah, blah, blah. All this no, rubbish so flying around on Twitter is, is ridiculous. Um, Hamilton but... wasn't lucky. He put in a great qualifying lap on the Saturday and put himself in that position. It was more a case of the others were unlucky, not... Hamilton was lucky. So I feel mm. like I need to say that because that also really annoys then me. Someone will say, well, why if one one goes hand in hand, doesn't it? You know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, like, the word... The, you know, this the this happens, uh, uh, what I will say is this happens at every world champion because I'm not going to pretend as a Verstappen fanboy that I was watching that race thinking, oh my God, Hamilton, how have you managed to, you know, get away with this and the two Red Bulls are out yeah, and did. all this. Yeah, you did. You thought all Yeah, of that. exactly. I thought all of that. But... This happens with every single world champion, you know. I've been watching for a very long time, and I've seen Michael Schumacher dominate, and I've seen no, dominate. And yeah, you cool. know, I, I, think, I will I not. Think all seven world titles were there was zero percent good fortune. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, with with Sebastian Vettel uh, in the in the Red Bull, you know, it was always like, oh, why is Mark Webber's car retiring again? It's never Vettel and all this. And the same narrative has just moved to Hamilton. And it say Verstappen starts dominating. I'm sure exactly the same will happen to him. Why is it always the second Red Bull that's retiring and all, all these problems and stuff? It will just move on and move on and move on. Um, but yeah, it is that is Formula One. It you is have good fortune and bad fortune. Exactly. And I mean, Nico Rosberg. Sorry, Katie. Nico Rosberg had a bit of good fortune and was world champion. You know, a lot of people, you know, he had a great season, but he had a stroke of luck towards the end of the season. Hamilton DNF'd, didn't get 25 points, won the title. So yeah, this is what happens. It, it ebbs and flows. And right now, Hamilton has got more of the good fortune than Verstappen, but we've got 12 races to go and things will happen. Um, also, just quickly on the Bottas messing up, I was pretty gutted to see most of the drivers just be out, you know, because, you know, you like a bit of a bit of carnage, a bit of, oh my God, you know, this has happened. Oh, the race has been spiced up. But to see Leclerc, Perez, Verstappen, Bottas, Norris, all out of the race pretty much or out of contention was it kind of left a bit of a sour taste, to be honest, because to be fair, we thought Hamilton was going to then 
win by three laps, but he didn't. So it obviously made the rest rest of the race good, but it could have easily made the battle for the lead obviously non-existent. You'd have, you'd have essentially had a reverse grid race because because especially then after Hamilton then would have made the mistake and he'd have been at the back. You know, imagine a race where you have all those guys at the back coming through the field. It would have been a reverse grid race. That would have been even more chaotic but you can't have it all i will take a crazy ocon win <laughs> yes and i will not be complaining one second about that grand prix because it's incredible every day of the week we'll take an ocon uh, victory <laughs> uh, and, and the onboards as well of lap one were unreal weren't they watching ocon who was so close at being caught up in the stroller clear mm. crash and just hugged the uh, the inside apex at turn one and managed to come out in p2 after being whatever he was just outside the top 10 was he when he was going down towards turn one Somewhere yeah. around there. It's and obviously Vettel. Of... Sorry. Oh. Oh. I was just gonna say Vettel obviously starting so far down the grid and almost and had the worst start ever. And that actually allowed him to have such a great run out of turn one because the carnage unf- unfolded. I think he was down to about 15th running down towards turn one and came out P3. That's just multiplayer lobbies, isn't it? Just in a nutshell. Yeah. And it's the it's the the fine margins of Formula One. It kind of almost goes back to the luck point with uh with Hamilton that, you know, Stroll was so close to plowing into the back of Ocon mm-hmm. and he avoids him and Ocon wins the race. It, 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 the, it could so easily change. Are you going to mention about their best mates and he's uh, <laughs> yeah. avoided him yeah. and plowed into yeah. the side of Leclerc instead? I was thinking, I was like, mate, was there a point where he's like, I don't want to take him out. Boom, I'll take Leclerc out instead. Yeah. Whereas Bottas had the opposite problem of he could have gone to the right and avoided Lando, but probably would have taken Hamilton out. So he's like, <laughs> I'll take Lando out. Take both Red Bulls out. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, it wasn't That's on purpose, cool. though, before all the comments come in. Yeah, yeah. All accidental, just mistakes being made and stuff. But yeah, it was uh, one of those things that just seemed to happen. I mean, already they're driving quite slow. That's like the slowest turn on the, on the circuit and it's wet and all that kind of stuff. But it did seem to happen in slow motion, like domino effect of like, everybody being wiped out and yeah I mean obviously I'm glad that everyone was okay after it and there was no serious injury or anything like that but um ridiculous I don't think anybody could have seen that coming especially not Nando Norris absolutely not Tommy let's go to your three-word race review Bleth mine is Alonso legendary defense and with the greatest respect to Esteban Ocon Fernando Alonso won that race for Esteban Ocon at the end there. Um, I watched it back. I mean, Hamilton was so quick, unbelievably quick, and could so have easily won that race. I mean, he was catching three, four seconds, even at the end when he did get past Alonso. The 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 amount he got on the back of Vettel at the end. Yeah. He he only needed two more laps. So he'd probably no, have done it. Maybe even one. Maybe think, even one. I think he genuinely um, would have got DRS around that final corner yeah. to to start the next lap crazy and uh, and i've seen people shock on twitter you know trying to diminish alonso's defending and say oh well it's a really hard track to overtake and the mercedes isn't bad in debt yeah hamilton got past every single driver so easily and i know alonso had fresher tires but the the level of for him to do it for that long and it actually be Genuinely, he could have made one mistake a lap earlier and Hamilton would have won that race and it would have denied Alpine the victory. Uh, I saw a brilliant 
um you saw a few people posting funny things about like uh there was a screenshot on lap 50 and it had the aws overtaking graphic and it said striking distance hamilton two laps because he was 10 seconds behind and he was on the back of him immediately so that was the that was how much faster hamilton was how easy it should have been to overtake and the overtaking difficulty was basically zero and then someone's sharing the next screenshot and it's lap 63 and alonso's still ahead somehow i mean I would go as far as saying that's the best defensive driving I've seen in the DRS era easily because you don't see it much nowadays because you're a sitting duck a lot of the time with DRS. You have no chance of defending. And he just placed his car perfectly. Every Because Hamilton was so much quicker at so many sections. He could have got him into turn one. Then he was quicker that he could have gone around the outside into turn two, then turn four. And Alonso just placed his car perfectly every single lap even to the point where he parked it on the apex once didn't he when Hamilton got a really good run on him and he pretty much stopped on the corner because he had the luxury that he didn't have to worry about anyone catching up behind because he had such a huge gap that he was just like I'm going to make this as difficult as possible and it won it it you know it ended up being a brilliant team game because Alonso yeah just absolutely legendary and it was hilarious to watch the driver of the day vote which you actually saw the graphic and it was 10%. He was third um, just before he started defending from Hamilton and it shot up to about 30% and he won it quite convincingly in the end. It was so good to see Fernando Alonso and as a, as a old person, um, you know, to, to see Hamilton and Alonso wheel to wheel again was even more special. It was just amazing. One of my favorite moments of the whole season, to be honest. So yeah. good. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think you know I was I was absolutely buzzing watching it. It gave me tingles seeing those two go wheel to wheel after so long. Obviously, you know Alonso doesn't have the car to challenge Hamilton, but and hasn't for quite some time. But it's it's been so long coming. We've always wanted it, and we didn't. I don't think we ever thought when Alonso retired that we'd ever get to see this again. Uh, and we managed it. And yeah, you know, because I think the the sort of guideline or sort of you know how much faster a um, overtaking car needs to be from the defending car is supposedly two seconds a lap. Hamilton was four, five seconds a lap quicker than Alonso and just rocked up to the back of him, as you say. But Alonso's defense, I'll, I'll go as far as to say it's the best, some of the best defending driver I've ever seen. Like genuinely from a, such, a, such a superior car that Hamilton was in both, obviously with the actual Mercedes and also the 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 traction and the grip, the medium tires. I think Alonso's hard tires were eight laps older than Hamilton's mediums, but to be able to defend so, um, so well. And, you know, especially through turn two, you knew every single time Alonso is going to drift out wide and Hamilton is not coming around the outside every single time. Then Hamilton sort of got wise to that and then started to try and undercut him. And then obviously then down towards turn four, there was a moment where they touched wheels and you're like, geez, this is going to end so badly. But, it was on the absolute limit of racing that we want to see, you know, both drivers. And, and I, I said as well, I think on Twitter, when Hamilton was catching Alonso, I said, I would pick no one else to defend from Lewis Hamilton in this situation than Fernando Alonso. And my God, did he deliver like the fact that genuinely, as you say, Tommy, one lap less defense and Hamilton wins that race. And to be fair, Alonso just snatching a break into turn one that allowed Hamilton through. You know, if he hadn't had that, maybe he could have kept him back for most of the rest of the race. Who knows? But yeah, uh, it was honestly probably yeah my favorite moment of the season. 
uh, and for quite some time, to be honest, we don't see racing like that for so long as well because of the use of DRS. It's usually too easy, but I think it was just about right, the DRS at this track as well, so that Hamilton couldn't just breeze past. The straight wasn't long enough. The detection zone isn't long enough because of the straight's not long enough. And so, yeah, I'm just, just, yeah, it's just awesome, isn't it? Well, us racing fans are on a total high from watching that. It was just amazing, phenomenal. And I know that I've had my criticisms of Fernando Alonso on the, in the past on the podcast. They can um, all go in the bin now, can't they? They can. Um, but, you know, it was brilliant. And to be fair, Esteban Ocon said it as well after the race that he was also a little bit sceptical of Fernando coming into the season. And he'd heard things that he wasn't a very good teammate and, you know, made things quite difficult for that he like Alonso's teammates and stuff like that. But yeah, yesterday was some of the best defending, like you said, I've seen not just in F1, but just in motorsport in general. It was a total joy to watch both drivers being respectful of each other. You know, there wasn't any cheap, quick, nasty moves or anything like that. Um, and yeah, it was just amazing. And, and Alonso as well, we all know that he likes to be quite cheeky with what he says in the media afterwards. Um, and he said that he thought Lewis was actually making mistakes because Hamilton had so much pace. And he said, you cannot take eight laps to pass with that pace advantage. It was not difficult to pass, in my opinion, but he took four or five laps to figure it out. And I just think that's so funny. Oh, dear. Alonso, Alonso loves it, doesn't he? He loves does. that kind He's of thing. Driving. It's so great to see that side of Alonso and... It, it was amazing to see, and I mean this in a nice way, by the way, before people get on me, is it, is it nice to see Alonso, obviously he was there, um, you know, picking up uh, Esteban at the end. and, and oh, it was so you know, heartwarming. There, yeah, heartwarming and <laughs> celebrating with him. Part of that is definitely Fernando Alonso being like, uh, loving the fact that also he played a part in that race. Oh yeah. He got driver of the day. Everyone's buzzing that he had this amazing battle and helped Ocon win that race. hundred percent that as well. Like that's what Alonso thrives off. And I think that's another reason why he was in there, like really like celebrating, like this is a, the team win I've, I've helped us as well. And yeah, Alonso, I, I just hope we see more of that from Alonso this year, because like you say, it's so, it's so rare. Like you, the car that, um, Alonso's in he's never going to be battling Hamilton in normal circumstances so the fact that you know you got to see them wheel to wheel it could be the last time we ever see it so for it to be that good oh it's just just amazing so so good Love I want it. more of it I want more of it now after seeing Alonso versus Hamilton I don't again I don't think we're going to see much of it just like we didn't we're not probably going to see another rock on win but uh, it makes knows? me think please when these cars are closer you know, you've got all these drivers that aren't in the mix because they literally can't be, yeah. but they do have the talent to be. So very exciting. Speaking of defence, I thought Mick Schumacher put on a yeah. very a very good defence as well. Just a, a quick shout out to yeah. him uh, with uh, just not wanting to give up any points positions in that absolute dog of a car. So <laughs> fair play to him. Um, anyway, moving on, let's talk about Sebastian Vettel. And of course, being disqualified, from the race because uh, the team couldn't provide a fuel sample. Uh, underscore tag force underscore asks, what are the final results? Seb P2 or not? Fuel in or out? Shake it all about? He didn't say that part. Um, <laughs> okay. yeah, that's such a boomer reference. That <laughs> um, so the final results at the moment are that Sebastian Vettel was P2 because Aston Martin has lodged an appeal. So 
he is still currently in P2. So Seb can sleep with his trophy for a few more nights before the appeal obviously gets thrown out. Um, so yeah, the whole, obviously the whole situation um, and actually a question from Ali Aria 65. Why can't the FIA take a sample of the fuel before the race? Is that too hard? That goes into the whole fact that they only gave 0.3 litres of fuel and they have to give one litre by the regulations. They have to give one litre of fuel um, because of the fact that the, the fuel is homologated. So it, it cannot be changed throughout the season. Whatever they basically submit at the start of the season, they have to use throughout because, you know, years gone by, we would have seen uh, teams and, and fuel suppliers, you know, the likes of Shell, SO, et cetera, constantly just spending m- so much money trying to develop a slightly better fuel and F1 obviously trying to clamp down on costs. So that's something that has been basically frozen. Uh, so that's the test basically to make sure they're not just popping rocket fuel in, in the car, because, you know, you can't really tell unless you actually try. Um, Good question about why they can't take the sample of fuel before the race. I don't know the answer to that. Because they would cheat, because Formula One's teams always cheat when they can and would do anything to get an advantage. How would they cheat? They would do something. They would find some way to have the legal fuel fuel at the top of it or something. (laughs) I mean, I think it was 2005, they BAR had this illegal fuel tank that they ended up doing, you know, where it was hidden away and then they could drain it and all this kind of stuff. And teams will do that if Mm. this is why these rules are there. It is funny. uh, Obviously, you know, I'm gutted um, because I, as everyone loves Sebastian Vettel and he's been absolutely amazing this weekend with everything he's done, everything he's stood up for and um, you know, all all that stuff as well. (laughs) But rules are rules and however much it's painful to um, say it, you know, you can't just not penalise him because he's Sebastian Vettel <laughs> and everyone loves him. Uh, and True. obviously everyone's like, oh, you know, penalise uh, this. That is a slam dunk rule. I even, you know, messaged UK to didn't I? I said, like, you know, I'm taking Frank out for a walk now. I've got the graphic made to say he's disqualified. Let me know when it happens and I'll post it. Because you just, that is the rule. It's always been that way. Vettel's fell victim to it before. Hamilton has... You run out of fuel and you can't provide a fuel sample. It's instant disqualification. It's not, yes, of course, it's the team's fault and that kind of thing, but the rules are rules. Otherwise, everyone would just do it and exactly. get an advantage. So it is, it's a savage way to have such a good result snatched away. And I think maybe it was you, Matt, saying, like, thank God he didn't win because then at least Esteban got to experience the fact that he won the Grand Prix and it wasn't like handed to him post-race or anything like that but um yeah it's a difficult rule and I understand people are annoyed at the fact that Sebastian got disqualified but if it wasn't the driver being disqualified and it was say like a fine for Aston Martin Aston Martin have got so much money in the bank that they could probably they would be fine with just paying a, I don't know, hundred grand penalty or whatever. I've just picked that number out of thin air, but you know, they, they've got the, the money pot to pay the FIA if they break these rules. Whereas if they have their points stripped away from them, then that's actually more meaningful. And like you say, it's so <laughs> upsetting and annoying that Sebastian has had this because like you say, he's done such a brilliant job just being like a nice human being, you know, and standing up for what's right. And especially with Hungary and having this anti-LGBTQ plus law um, and, you know, not being afraid to sort of use his platform 
to stand up to things like I just I'm in total awe of him I think he's a wonderful wonderful person but Aston Martin broke the rules it's the same rules every single race we rock up to it's not like this was a one-off or whatever every team needs to provide that fuel sample and the reality is that they didn't um and the thing that I've seen a lot of comparisons about and I really I think I'm going to write something for WTF1 later on this week is people comparing this disqualification to somebody like Bottas's five place grid drop um and same for Stroll as well both of which I think is far too lenient and I think that it should have been at least a minimum 10 place grid drop personally but um it's not fair to compare those two things because one is literally a breach of the technical regulations and the other is just had a bit of a nightmare when coming off the starting grid and you know obviously caused other people to crash out but it is frustrating that you know Seb did get disqualified but those are the rules and uh, we'll wait to see what Aston Martin can come up with because Otmar is adamant that there is more than the one litre that's needed for a fuel sample in the car but it's then getting that out and it's a whole long process um but yeah I've I've got a feeling in my gut that they're not going to be able to to get no. the sample and that's going to be disqualified but it does mean that it's now stretched this out for so long and poor Carlos Sainz, you know, on social media, sharing a little video of him pouring himself a drink. <laughs> and now I've seen loads of people like reversing the clip. So like the alcohol's <laughs> going back in the bottle. <laughs> like I'm sure Ferrari and Carlos want to know what the result is as well. So that's half his podiums of uh, <laughs> I know. half his podiums is not, not to celebrate, which is a bit weird. Uh, one, one thing I will just shout out actually, I saw Philippe in the chat said, uh, Ferrari still not uh, still cannot write Sebastian Vettel. Uh, the Ferrari uh, Ferrari social media manager has got some kind of salty vendetta against Vettel, and uh, it's not the first time they've they've done it. And yeah, uh, it could just be coincidence, but it doesn't seem that way. You know that they've had. I, I don't think it's a social media manager thing. I think it's a Ferrari thing. I think told him to do for- that. That's got to yeah. be a higher up thing. Like, why would a social media manager not mention? Mm. As, for, as, for context, as if you don't, uh, if you don't go on Twitter, yeah, they they tweeted something like, um, "He's uh, Carlos Sainz is now on the podium thanks to a disqualification from the second placed driver." Like, didn't even say Vettel. Second place finish, wasn't it? But yeah, second place either finisher, way, yeah, yeah, it was basically right. just taking his identity away, which was very strange. Um, but yeah, it seemed more like a. A higher up thing to me because uh, obviously there was a bit of a falling out wasn't there in, in general with how Vettel and the team um broke away and, and parted ways so yeah well uh it's a bit a bit awkward and don't know why yeah. it's really that necessary but hey ho uh we move there was another question actually uh from Juliet Walker saying why isn't 0.3 litre not enough I've seen a few things floating around about the fact they have to run three tests on the fuel and that I imagine one litre is probably a safe amount of fuel to be able to run the tests effectively. That's the only sort of a real common sense I can bring to that. But um, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of a um, a grey area in some ways because the whole process isn't massively documented. But uh, there you go. It's one litre and it's been like that for many, many years. So the teams know that they have to, have to provide it. Uh, moving on now uh, to another question. Naomigo says, does Gasly going for the fastest lap indicate that Red Bull are throwing four cars at the championship attempt this year now? Now, I didn't even notice this. Uh, did Gasly sacrifice any positions in order to do this? No, he did not. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I put this no, question no. into basically, uh, again, 
the conspiracy theorists. I don't think it helped that I think the Sky commentators talked about it like they'd done it literally to take a point off Hamilton, but just to get a point. Gasly <laughs> had the gap. Well, if that if that had been any other driver, they'd have done the same thing. Yeah. Because if you've got a gap there, maybe not Bottas, because he wouldn't want to take the points off Hamilton and their points are there for the team anyway. But any team in that situation, they had a big gap behind them and everyone goes for the fastest lap point. So they're not going to... No, it's did he not, manage it? it? He did, yeah. So he took yeah. the point off Hamilton, um, which could be crucial, but it's literally nothing to do with the fact that you know, Helmut Marco's not on the phone saying, get Gasly in. Oh, we're going to lose five places. No, get Gasly in. We need to take the point off Hamilton. Um, not yet, anyway. Yeah, as soon as that happens, <laughs> then maybe we can uh, we can talk about it. But uh, no, yeah. it's a bit of a far-fetched um, stretch there, isn't it? Uh, do you so agree, Katie? Big reach. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Gasly said afterwards he was a bit miffed because normally he's the kind of person that makes up a lot of positions when there's all this drama in the first lap and... Um, he had to sort of take avoiding action to be involved in it and being wiped out in it. Um, and yeah, I think it's probably just a case of trying to scrape every single point that they can um, because, you know, it could have been that had he not um, had to go wide and stuff, he could have been definitely in podium contention there starting P5, I think he started on Sunday. He did, yeah. So he did. Almost too high up the grid. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, they got, like you say, he got screwed by being there and however much it pains me to say it as a as a Yuki fanboy if if Gasly had been in the the Sonoda position um you got to think Gasly might you know maybe even snatched a podium or something so uh yeah difficult for Gasly but I mean in terms of that fastest lap it's literally a free point on the table so you're going to take it yeah yeah without a doubt makes perfect sense um Henry Maviquette asks, while a lot of focus has been on when George will get his first points for Williams, how big a deal is this result for the team? As even if George didn't get points, like in Austria, that didn't take away from his performance, but the team getting points is huge. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's enormous. If they genuinely get 10 points, I don't see Alfa Romeo displacing them for eighth in the championship. Like this was the, I guess we were talking about the Williams working one weekend and them getting a haul of points or just the half the field being wiped out. But either way, they made the absolute best of a of a crazy situation. And yeah, at 10 points, that will definitely secure them ahead of Haas. And it will certainly probably secure them in front of Alpha as well. So it's a lot of money in the, in the grand scheme of things. It's a big gap up to seventh. There's absolutely no way they're going to be doing that. But securing eighth position, as much as they did come out, Williams, and say they didn't need any funding from drivers mm. or something that I saw, which was, which was interesting. They don't need to have paid drivers, essentially. Um, it's obviously helpful to get a bit more money at the end of the season. I'm glad you said that because, yeah, I was going to um, say it, which is probably means that Alfa Romeo are going to win the next race now. Um, <laughs> don't stop. But, but I was going to say exactly the same thing, that as far as I'm concerned, it's like 10, ten points, they're, they're eighth in the, in the championship. Like, it's gonna that's going to take an absolute world deal. You're going to have to have another crazy race. Hassan, surely no way Hassan going to gonna get 10 points this season um and alpha it's just whether you know they they have another lucky race it's very unlikely but because even you know i think they've got three points so far um, two i think oh no Raikkonen's been yeah. put into the points isn't he yeah 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 so three, three points yeah. so far um 
it's it's massive for Williams. You just can't believe it, can you? That they've been waiting for points for so long, and then they get a points all of ten. I mean, Latifi getting six points uh, in a race potentially is absolutely crazy. When we've been waiting seemingly forever for Russell, and obviously the one of the main takeaways is you saw how emotional he was because he has. People forget he, he has scored points before. Obviously, it was not the way he wanted to score points because he had a win on the table, but he has scored points. And that really just shows how much he does genuinely really want to get points for Williams because they're a team that mean a lot to him, clearly. And you can see that um, of how emotional he was. Uh, so emotional that maybe he is uh, off to Mercedes and that's his kind <laughs> of... Uh, maybe again, got to got got dissect every single interview of whether it means George Russell's going to Mercedes. Or I reckon Williams. it said you have to score four points in a race and you will be... Uh, and now he's crying. Yeah, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh God. No, don't start these rumours, boys. And then Vettel gets reinstated and Bottas signs contract. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare. But yeah, it's, it's so wholesome and like also really nice to see a driver be so emotional and stuff like that because I think for a lot of people they think these drivers are very ice cold and don't show a great deal of emotion unless they're angry so it's just very refreshing to see a driver actually have like a good old cry in the media pen because they're so happy for what they've achieved but um interesting article that we put out on Saturday because obviously George Russell didn't get through to Q2 even like had his worst qualifying session of the year um, and he had a quote saying I thought that Hungary would have been Williams' strongest circuit on the calendar, um, which has obviously aged well in the sense that they have used this as their strongest circuit, but obviously through a lot of luck and people being taken out and such. But yeah, it's these points are just going to be completely like well invaluable to to Williams. They're a team that works so hard and have been working so hard and have had such a steep hill to climb um, in terms of finally breaking that barrier of points and it's just lovely I think everybody is a Williams fan at heart you know we've seen them at the top of their game and a bit like McLaren in that sort of narrative is that they've they've taken a dip they've had their struggles and now with the the duo of Latifi and Russell they're slowly starting to make improvements and yeah I'm just just so happy for the team and those 10 points are going to be probably more than they ever could have imagined they'd be able to pick up in like maybe even the season let alone one race so thrilled thrilled for the the guys and girls at Williams absolutely and I think it also with the the sort of release of emotion that George Russell showed it clearly also displayed that he probably has struggled quite a bit with the criticism that he's received you know every single time he has an opportunity in the points he bottles it you know that was the whole thing the curse of George Russell not being able to to score points and I think it was almost that like when you get your first win I'm sure where you know you, you kind of finally have proven yourself that you know you've got this duck off your back that you can score points when you know when the the situation arises of course it helped that six drivers didn't finish although Mazepin definitely wouldn't have beaten him so five drivers that probably would have finished ahead of him it doesn't matter about that you know he was in the in the mix and fought for every everything that he was worth so uh yeah it was it was amazing to see that that sort of emotion and that human side as as you say Katie not, not that ice cold side that we're used to seeing the PR side it's uh yeah it was really really refreshing so um good on you George and of course he the- uh, commented on the F1 did you see that post saying this is going to be memed forever thanks oh no <laughs> <laughs> yes and it will he's correct he's absolutely correct I've already seen the image of <laughs> teary eyes going around Twitter so uh 
it will live forever more, but I'm sure it'll be okay because it's a good meme rather than a bad one. Yeah. Um, right. Next up, and I should probably mention, we have mentioned the chat a few times, but not actually said that Team WTF1 members are watching along live at the moment. So we're not just randomly talking to people that are whatever. So yeah, uh, welcome to the Team WTF1 uh, guys that are watching. And Izzy, by the way, who is a Team WTF1 member, asks, how do you think the results of this crazy race will affect silly season? Aside from the Bottas-Russell mess, which other drivers will be, will be potentially helped or hindered by the results in Hungary? Thinking specifically about the subpar performance of both our Romeos when Williams were that far up the grid and Mick was fighting in P11 for half the race. Um, I don't think we're going to have much of a silly season this time round, personally. I think Sonoda's probably still at risk. Uh, where did he finish in the end, old Yuki? Sixth. Sixth. Okay. So, I mean, he's got a good haul of points, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, Franz Toss said that he wants to keep them both, but I guess yeah. it's not really his decision. So, no. We'll see. Um, of course, he is still a rookie, so maybe they will decide to carry him on. I only say that because of the Red Bull driver program and how cutthroat they can be. Um, but yeah, I'd, the Bottas-Russell stuff, again, we're on to another race weekend where we talk about it and we go, well, Bottas doing that, has he scuppered his chances? And then we'll go to Spa and he'll qualify second and be a great rear gunner. We don't know. It's Unless Bottas crashes every single race weekend and costs them the championship, it doesn't matter really so much probably in Mercedes' eyes because accidentally both red bulls were out as well so <laughs> yeah it depends if he goes into hamilton or yeah Mustafa I, each day. I don't think it's hurt his chances too much from this mistake because it wasn't that costly for them as a team i yeah joke, joking aside though personally i don't think they'd have enjoyed the negative pr that they're getting from from it all and however much at the end of the season uh if, if mercedes end up winning the title by a couple of points and you look back on races like this and thought, oh, that, that was actually quite handy when uh, Bottas wiped out the two Red Bulls. Um, they don't, you know, they don't want to win it that way. However much a lot of fans will be like, oh, Mercedes really dirty and stuff. They won't want to be winning the title that way. And I don't think it's good, good PR for them. They'd much rather, you know, have a driver in the car that's essentially... Well, did what Bottas did in qualifying in a dry race and finishing second on the road to Lewis and doing great things rather than winning in such a controversial way. Um, so, yeah, it's not... I don't think... It, personally, I don't think he's helped his chances. And I've seen... Obviously, it's a very massive exaggeration, but I've seen a lot of people being like, do you literally sub out Bottas for every wet race? Because you're pretty much guaranteed that he's going to DNF or not get a point. So That's a good point. Because um, his wet weather performances have been that bad. Um, ish. Not, not good. good. No, I think in terms of silly season, I don't think we're going to get too many crazy driver swaps because I think teams want stability going into 2022 with the new regulations. Um, and having like variables of an, a rookie driver or whatever in your team might not be the best idea. Um, obviously, we we touched upon it earlier. Mick um, was doing an excellent job, you know, not uh, backing down when fighting people like Verstappen. Obviously, Verstappen had a damaged car, um, but still like great from him to be like quite ballsy. And I mean, he's probably just quite happy to have somebody to race with that's not his teammate, you know? He's so used to just being straight away, dropping right down the back and then sort of doing like a Sunday drive normally. So he's probably quite happy to have the company, but 
maybe promoting him to somebody like an Alfa Romeo team if they decide to get rid of Kimi or Antonio. But um, Alfa's yeah, the big see... one, I think. Yeah, I think Alfa's going to be like the puzzle piece of like once Alfa's decided, then the rest will sort of work it out, obviously, apart from Mercedes. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one. If you're Russell, you're going into the summer break with a very happy mindset. If you're Bottas, like you, you're not going to be in a good place if the last race you did, and like it's a month break now, isn't it, until Belgium, that not only did you not score any points, but you were, you're like the figurehead for wiping out all these people. Obviously, Lance Stroll had an incident as well, and he'll be in the same boat of like, oh, my last race before the summer break was me wiping out Leclerc and then as a result damaging Ricardo's car like that's not, not really a good place to be in but yeah we we will wait and see what the summer break brings us but I've got all the articles ready to go <laughs> <laughs> amazing um yeah it's probably worth mentioning as well actually that uh Sonoda finished seventh Tommy not sixth Gasly finished sixth Oh, oh we're Vettel talking about Vettel. Okay, provisionally. I'm just looking at the uh, provisional. Oh, sorry, and, uh, technically, <laughs> yeah, because it's not disqualified. Come on, we can hold on to the things... hope that Vettel hasn't <laughs> yeah. lost his P2 just yet. I would just one thing I will say about Alfa Romeo. Uh, actually, no, it doesn't matter. We'll get into it in ABC the F1. It's fine. Oh, lovely! Ooh, wow, you know, teaser. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I think that pretty much sums up most of what we needed to talk about. I think maybe. Who knows? We're probably going to ABC. The it's going to take another half an hour of discussing things we There's forgot. A lot of drivers that things happen to. Yeah. Okay, then let's play the jingle. Now it's time for ABC. Okay, welcome to ABC the EF1. Once again, your favourite or least favourite part of the show. Not, it depends if you agree with our opinions or not. Remember, you can vote too. Visit WTF1.com after the race and you can vote too. Let's do this. Here we go. Hamilton. <laughs> A. A. Yeah, A. Yeah, I think it would be Should have won that unfair though, I think, still, to give personally. him anything else, especially as he wanted to pit. But and he thought his way around. I'd, yeah, I'll just stick with an A. I won't. Hey, okay. And Hamilton <laughs> gets an A from the fans. Valtteri Bottas, A star. <laughs> a double star, I think. For me. F star. The I easiest think F I think I've ever given on this podcast. That that sounds um, interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> out of context, <laughs> <WTF1>. <laughs> Yes, it is a all round F, and the fans gave him an F. Well... Max Verstappen. I would like to give him an A uh, because he drove a tractor around Hungary and still managed to score a point. This is so difficult to. <laughs> to grade like so difficult because yeah he, he had, literally he, he, missing he genuinely half had half a car didn't he um yeah. yeah i think yeah i guess i guess for him not to give up and that point could be crucial couldn't it you never know um yeah let's go let's go for a, a. yeah yeah i think a is fair okay and the fans gave him a b sergio perez i think it's a slap bang c for me because uh, you can't really grade it much more than being beaten in qualifying and getting yeeted. Also getting taken out. Yeah, it just has to go off his qualifying and yeah. struggled a lot in qualifying. He only just about managed it, didn't he, uh, mm. P4? But 
Uh, C, happy with that, Katie? I, um, yeah, I think he did the best that he could in terms of qualifying on the Saturday because he looked like he was really struggling. So to put it P4 was a good result for him. And the fact that Red Bull missed. Just thought as well, yeah. Didn't We not even moment. talked about the, uh, th- that's how good the race was that we didn't even have to talk about the qualifying situation where he missed his lap and yeah. did he did this mm. happen in the pits, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. We kind of mentioned in the quality watch along, but I kind of expected, yeah, this might be a dull race and we're we're going back to that conversation, but I've not seen anyone talk about it because the race was so crazy. We all expected an explosion and there wasn't one, so we all just swiftly moved on. Um, So I'm going to stick with a B because I feel like he did the best he could on the Saturday um, and then was unfairly wiped out on Sunday. It's like a Greg Davis song, this. Fair. Uh, Obviously, he was six tenths back from Verstappen, of course, didn't get his final run, but not a lot of drivers improved. So interesting. Okay, well, it's a C anyway because you're happy with that C, Tommy? I got a C, yeah. Yep. And the fans gave him a C as well. Uh, Lando Norris. Ooh, where did he qualify? Sixth. Sixth. It's a B, I think. Yeah. Can't, Again, it's, it's these he are can't so give difficult. any more than a B, I think, because uh, it was a good qualifying and good start. Probably going to yeah. be in P3. And then got twonked. So, uh, <laughs> B. Yeah, I think I'm going to give that similar kind of grade to Perez's in the sense that qualified, maybe not the best, he could have got into P5, but did a pretty solid qualifying and then wiped out turn one. So we never really got to see the potential, but <laughs> he also did, he, got an amazing start. He missed out on P5 by six thousandths of a second. And Ooh, to be fair, he was six hundredths away from Perez as well. So it was blooming close. There was four drivers on a 16.4. Even Leclerc was on a 0.4 as well. So that was... Very close indeed. Um, but uh, an ice cream bag, it is again. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there's always a yeah, get me, get me a clip, oh, mate. Come yeah. on, <laughs> um, so Norris B, yeah, yeah. B. yeah and yes. the fans <laughs> gave him a B as well. Uh, Katie, could you check Daniel Ricardo's fans one, please? Uh, so yes, it's now changed uh, and it's okay. Now don't, don't, oh no, don't, no, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I said check it. Oh, spoiler. Spoiler yeah. alert. Going uh, off Daniel Ricciardo, of course, he got wiped out at turn one as well. Could have probably won the race had he not been clipped by Leclerc. Um, it's actually really getting for Daniel Ricciardo that essentially the that that was such a big opportunity with everyone out there. I see what he could do. And then, like you Did say... Did you see the video of him after the of... race? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, my God. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Oh, no, it's a bit of an exaggeration. Wow. But he's, like, out the car and he's just sat, like, with his head down. You obviously can't see him. Oh, was that sat on his front right tyre? Yeah, and he yeah. just looked the saddest little man in the whole of Hungary. It was really... Yeah. I thought I think, that was yeah, opportunity. Such Lando. Was that, was that Danny? Oh, right. It was, yeah. Big opportunity for him. Give him a hug. Yeah, sad times because that, yeah, he could have won that race genuinely uh, if he'd have got through unscathed, but we'll never know. Uh, so not. we'll give him a C. Yeah, C. And the fans gave him a C, as you knew already. Um, Charles Leclerc, uh, he qualified P7, then got yeeted on the inside of the apex by Stroll. Uh, I think I mean, he out qualified his teammate because obviously Carlos science went off, yeah. crashed. So I think it's a B. I've gone for C. I expected more from oh. Ferrari and Quali. Oh. 
Oh, you're not he was doing so that. close to fifth, though, wasn't he? Actually, oh, yeah, I was gonna, it's the time. Second. I think it, the result is hard to go off the result because actually, yeah. it's, uh, he was thirteen thousandths away from starting P five. That's mm. sad. Come on, I'm I'm putting my Charles Leclerc bid yeah. in here for a B. If you got, you're not a fanboy, just passing it to your Charles. I to don't. That hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> this is genuinely one of the hardest ABCDF. This ones, really is. We're just grading people. They've just been wiped out. This is literally like a time. quali quali ABCDF one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give Leclerc a B. And I also didn't say it. I gave Ricardo a B as well. I feel like if people just got wiped out. Well, yeah, and he, like, I know we're on Leclerc now, but, you know, Ricardo made a great start and got then had damage the whole time and it's not his fault. So same got kind knocked, of great start. Q, Q2, though? By the tiniest of margins. Fair. It was, and he it was would have been able to start with his own choice of tyres and stuff. So... You know, it's all a tactic. Yeah, it was big, big brain. (laughs) He knew there was going to be a pile up and still got caught up in it. He did. Um, But yeah, I'm going to give Leclerc a B as well. I'm sticking with C. Okay, so Leclerc gets a B from us and a C from the fans. Uh, Carlos Sainz. Decent race. Obviously started 15th. And I'm... Obviously, he got stuck behind Sonoda, who was stuck behind Latifi, which was unfortunate. Otherwise, he could have definitely won the race again. Like, there's so many people that could have won the race if one thing had happened differently. Watching uh, the race back, I had completely forgotten about this, and I would very be very curious to see how it went. Uh, Carlos essentially went against his team, didn't he? Saying mm-hmm. yeah, quite early, and he said no, and stayed behind Latifi and Sonoda for quite a while. I wonder if that could have changed his race maybe a little bit for the better, you never know. Um, it's all hindsight and you just don't know how it would have gone out, but maybe you know, he could have done the the Hamilton two-stop or something. Well, he knew it was going to happen, didn't he? He kept saying that Hamilton's going to pit again, but I guess the problem with that is that maybe then Mercedes decide that they wouldn't put the medium tyres on and they'd lose out to Hamilton anyway. So it you don't know, because obviously the Ferrari doesn't have that same pace difference that the Mercedes has on brand new tyres. So maybe that's the reason why they didn't be more proactive. I don't know. But yeah. um, we'll give it a Carlos on A. I've gone B. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had gone for an A star for science, which I know, Matt, don't. <laughs> your eyes are about to <laughs> pop out your head. But in relation to how I've graded everyone else and being like wiped out in turn one, science started P15. He might possibly, depending on this Russell, uh, not Russell, sorry, <laughs> depending on this vessel investigation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. um, he would have got a podium like P15 to P3 in a car that we thought was going to be great here. Turned out <laughs> we were wrong. Um, I think is something that should be celebrated. And obviously he got it through a lot of his, um, competition being wiped out at turn one but I still think that's like a pretty impressive thing from p15 to what could be p3 like if you can't get a good result for doing that then what's the kid gotta do I think you've got a question I, I don't think Ferrari were that slow like they were on par I think with McLaren and Alpha Tauri as proven by Leclerc in, in qualifying so I, I'm not sure they were like slow slow Really, yeah, to... but then people like Alpha Tauri, they didn't have either of their cars damaged and they didn't pull a blinder. 
well, Gasly got caught up, didn't he? And it, it's difficult to say, isn't it, with Latifi as the the massive cork in the bottle was to see where the pace really was. But this um, is genuinely, I think, one of the hardest. Yeah, this ABCD is so we've done because it's it's so hard to judge because well, we'll go into it. But even like you know the the people essentially like Ocon and Vettel, you'd be stupid not to give them an amazing grade. But also at the same time they just avoided a first lap incident so it's mm. like it's so hard to judge and like you say there's so many people wiped out that when you have these crazy races where half the field gets wiped out and a lot of people are yeah, it's true yeah. it's hard to it's hard to it's hard, hard to, to judge, judge luck yeah. and skill in a race and like chat this. have also just put the wtf1 or team wtf1 members have also just reminded me that he did crash and qualifying yeah which is not ideal so i'll go to an a oh uh, there you go lovely <laughs> come down to the a awesome are you sticking yeah, with a b far, tommy oh uh, yeah uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's it an A from matter, us matter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and an A from the fans as well. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, a star. Yeah, a star. Yeah, yeah. Fans yeah, gave him an A star as well. Lovely. Lance Stroll. F I mean, as well. F. F yeah, caused a caused a crash, um, and the fans gave him an F as well. So easy peasy. Bad for Stroll, he's normally good in the wet conditions. Mm. That's normally where he comes alive. So I bet he's even more gutted to bin it. Mm. Uh, Pierre Gasly, B? Yeah, I think. Finish P5 if we have Vettel disqualification. I'm going to give him an A. <laughs> Ooh. What, because he beat Yuki? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, he was one of the ones that got, like you say, he he dropped way down and still managed his last, to, I think, to get up there. Yeah, he was, um, and got got right back up to the front. So yeah, okay, a all right. I've been persuaded. Good, uh, <laughs> good pace there, Tommy. For him to finish in the position he started after essentially being caught up in that chaos is pretty amazing. I think it is good, but then he's also one of a few cars that didn't have damage that race. So I'm going to say with my B. <laughs> Sorry. Tommy's sassy. I love a little sassy face. The raise of the eyebrows. Like, I don't care. Well, I don't I'm care. the founder, so your yeah. opinion is invalid. That's incredible. Okay, so, so uh, yeah. Gasly gets an A from us and the fans gave him a B. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, B. 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 B from the fans. Alonso. A star. Easy. B, maybe. <laughs> yeah, A star. Okay, A star. Yeah. And the fans gave him an A star as well. Ocon, A star. Yeah, easy, yeah. Easy. And A-star. got an A star from the fans as well. Kimi Raikkonen, C. What's happened to Kimi Raikkonen? <laughs> this is actually, this was my, this was going to be my point. You know, I said I'll save it for ABCDF1. Alfa Romeo must be absolutely kicking themselves that they've not got more points in a race like this. Mm. You know, when Williams are bagging 10 points. They must be like, especially when Jovanazzi. How have we finished? Could have been leading the race. Yeah, if he just kept his tires on. Um, yeah. Um, didn't I, see him. I, so I just, let's just give him a C. Didn't know what he did. Oh, was it Raikkonen? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't his fault, but he was the one that was caught up in yeeted Mazepin in the pits, wasn't yeah. he? Um, Yeeting yeah. is the uh, word of the word podcast. Of the day, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a C, I think. A C. Yeah, nothing special considering the opportunities that were there for them. So, yeah, I think C. Yeah, 
and see from the fans as well. Giovinazzi, he got caught up in all sorts of stuff at the end of the race, didn't he? Bless him. Yeah. Um, D. D. I mean, he finished 14th in a 14 <laughs> finish race. Are you thinking of what I said last <laughs> yeah, time? Is that what, what you said saying? until yeah. Giovinazzi will be happy to get another D. Yeah. Actually, no, I think, getting e. Three days, I think e. he finished last of the runners. He's getting an E. He finished behind Mick Schumacher. <laughs> and he oh, um, he sped in the pit lane, which is a very naughty boy. Naughty, it's an naughty. E from me. An E? Ooh. Yeah. He finished oh. last of the runners. He yeah. finished behind Mick Schumacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair. I, I know. I'll actually change it to an E. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'll change my to an E. Thank okay. you so much. Uh, e from us, and the fans gave him a D. He got a 10 second stop go for speeding in the pit lane. That is the harshest. He must have come in at yeah, about must, 400 yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> yes, rocket. Like. George Russell. A. Yes, A. How mad is it that George Russell got points and we're like, A. Yeah. But we've got yeah. to keep it in comparison to other people. So, yeah, I think A. And the a fact is, is he there was no chance he would have scored points had that yeah, turn one thing true. not crashed, uh, not happened. But obviously that's, you know, that's what happened. So we have to base on it. But yeah, I mean, he got beaten by his teammate as much as, yeah, he was only 1.1 seconds behind Latifi at the end. And I think he was about 25 seconds behind Latifi at one point. So um, yeah. still an A though, still an A for George. Uh, and an A from the fans as well. So thankfully we're not going to have any pitchforks outside <laughs> our houses. Uh, Nicholas Latifi. It's got to be an A star for the lad. This is the only time he's ever getting an A star. Just yeah. take it. Just take my A star and just spend it wisely. Yeah, I think I was saying. I think my head says A, but my heart says A star. Yeah, because, my heart's going I mean, with when's this one. Nicholas Latifi ever going to get an, an A star again? And I mean, potentially seventh is unbelievable in a Williams, regardless of how you do it. So fair play to him. What else has he got to do other than get points in a Williams yeah, to get an A-star? Yeah, exactly. So A-star for Latifi and the fans gave him an A-star as well. Nikita Mazepin. And he got wiped out by Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, well, so he didn't do much lucky. about um, that. So we'll just give him a, a C and move on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And the fans gave him a C. <gasps> Not an F. The first time this season the fans have given him anything other than an F. The world is changing. Um, Nature is healing. (laughs) Finally, Mick Schumacher, who ran in the points for a little while. I'll give him a B for his just not scared to defend attitude. Yes. Great race. Obviously, he messed up quality. um, But you can't, they say, 12th and a half. And the fact that he was... Yeah, one one thing I did not expect in that race was him going wheel to wheel with Max Verstappen. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted that, <laughs> would they? And it's amazing how half a car can beat a, a Haas as well. That's uh, yeah. That's some concerning. people say that half a Red Bull can beat a Haas. Uh, so beefish Mick Schumacher, Katie. I um, this is the thing. Do we include the whole weekend because he did crash again in FP3, cost Haas a lot of money that they don't have um, through a silly crash. And then couldn't qualify. Um, I can't remember what grade I gave him for that in Monaco, but I feel like I should probably stay loyal-ish to that. I think I gave him like a D or something, but he also did do an amazing job in the race and wasn't afraid to defend. So I'm going to go in the middle and go C. 
which is, sorry for my long explanation. Thank you for the long explanation. It doesn't matter. It's a beef. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice Thinking about that, awesome. um, half a Red Bull and, and Haas, maybe the solution to Formula One to make it competitive is basically like, however good you are after the first race, you lose aero pieces throughout the season. And then Hangman, eventually, yeah. Just be a shopping trolley by the end of it and yeah. it'll still be beating the Haas. Yeah. Um, okay, so B for Mick Schumacher and B was what the fans gave as well. Predictions for the Hungarian Grand Prix. <laughs> so I went for Charles Leclerc podium. That went well. And this one, I just need to, need to, need to delete that part. Just, no, stop it, Matt. I can see you. <laughs> Norris gets his second out of top five. I definitely didn't have finish. Finish. Of it. Yeah. Technically, he did finish with no wheels. Well, some wheels. Um, not it really is still actually have four, four wheels. I, it, that's really annoying <laughs> because I should have just said he finished. Never he, be too specific. I've learned from the this. top five. Yeah. I think it's half a point. I think I'd like to. I'd like half a point. I think it's half points, Rages. I think it's um, half a point. I think that is the definition of half a point. What does the chat think? Let's yeah, let the team slightly delayed. So we'll let, yeah, we'll let we'll the chat carry on decide. and then see uh, what. Tommy, let's go with your two. Uh, mine was Leclerc pole, <laughs> which didn't happen. But what did happen was Hamilton take the title lead quite considerably as well. So Extra three points. points. <laughs> well wow, okay. Don't. A point for Tommy. Uh, mine was Russell Q3, which will just glaze over that one. Um, and also glaze over the next one, which I said both Ferraris top five in the race. So, so you went for well. Russell Q3 and you should have gone for points. And the chat are saying half a point. So thank you so much. Chat. Oh, that has backfired oh, really massively on my part. That's amazing. Uh, so half a point for me. Chat. Tommy gets one point and Katie gets a big fat zero. Um, <laughs> the fans, Bumblebot 30, Valtteri Bottas win. No. LFC underscore Luke one. Feel like there's going to be another incident with Max and Lewis. See that too specific. It wasn't. Um, was that qualifying? Qualifying, could you argue? Ooh, half a point. Half for a point. He gets, yeah, he he gets points for being really unspecific with the prediction, yeah, which is know, the way to go. On these. He gets a point. He didn't go specific. And Noah G thirty one. Both Williams make it into Q two. No, we had not. all our Williams predictions were about qualifying, and that's the race that they end up getting some juicy points. Juicy uh, predictions for the Belgian Grand Prix. My two. Ocon doesn't make Q3. And strike. I can see that happening already. <laughs> I can hear the commentary going, this is such a shock as race winner last time out. I yeah. Uh, you can just imagine it kind of... I love how both of mine are qualifying. I don't know why, but they yeah. are. So there you go. I've gone for Max Verstappen DNF because he never finishes at Spa. And whether that is another Mercedes playing inside of him at turn one, we'll find out. Um, and... Norris podium, probably the result of the seven DNF <laughs> and Bottas having a five place penalty and starting far back. Oh, yeah, I've gone for both Alpines in top 10 in the race. Um, because last year Ranai went really well in Spa, so I'm hoping with the momentum of the race win and all that good stuff that will come true, probably won't because Alonso is going to win. Yeah, you heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> um, and then I said <laughs> Gasly top five in qualifying. And that includes the fact that like Bottas has got his grid droppings. No, no, no. To, well, no, we have to be specific here. Is it top five, top no, five? No, actually, I'm going to be vague and just go with Gasly top five and qualify. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Top five result, grid result 
Or, yeah, are you yeah. Saying, is he, does he start in the top five or does he finish top five in qualifying? <laughs> See, look, you know, you don't, you can't say I'm going to be vague because we're here to clarify it. It's when you just kind of just just kind of slip it in without anyone noticing. Sorry, <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, story of my um, life. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we're definitely going to get demonetized. It's been a long, long. That's podcast. fine. It's PG. Carry on. <laughs> um, I'll go with just on pace, top five in quality. Okay, lovely. Uh, the fans, R Shepherd fourteen thirty three. I think this guy has been in like maybe a hundred predictions <laughs> for us. Uh, Pierre Gasly, t- is this your burner account? Pierre Gasly, top five finish oh. in both quali and the race. That's Katie's oh. burner account. And uh, MXRKEN underscore three different teams on the podium and Harry Stocker twenty six. Both McLarens top five. There you go. Well, we are done here for a reasonably long podcast, probably an hour and a half. Katie, final thoughts? Um, have a nice summer. <laughs> have a nice <laughs> summer? How, how, where are you going? Nowhere. We've got Absolutely. podcasts to do. Yeah, I don't yeah, know where you're true. signing out to get to go. Stop to the Maldives. Bye, guys. Yeah, Bye. not allowed. I'm not allowed to go work. Um, well done, Esteban. These final thoughts are getting worse and worse each and every race week. Uh, Tommy, what's yours? Anything? (laughs) Anything? Anything? Better than well done, Esteban. Um, well done. (laughs) 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 Hungary's uh, well. I kind of said that already. Hungary's underrated, and I think it's gonna. um, Yeah. I was gonna say there's there's chatter. I don't know how much of it will be true that. Hungary have signed a contract extension. Um, so at the moment, they're signed up to do races until 2027. And I think there's going to be a significant increase on the number of years that contract is extended by. So keep an eye on A million. A million. I've got some it's another close. final thought, actually. <laughs> oh, here he comes. Um, here we go. We need to be let, warmed up. <laughs> well, you reminded me that it is the summer break and we've got a lot of uh, content to fill, which if if there's no driver announcements... Uh, let let us know what what podcasts you want to you want to see what what kind of thing you like. Yeah, whether that's lovely. on our Team WTF on Discord or uh, Twitter or whatever you ever you don't like. Know why you're putting a twi- don't know why you're putting a Twitter voice on there, Tommy. I don't I don't know either. <laughs> but yeah, hashtag WTF on podcast as well is a, is a good way of uh, getting your suggestions in. That'd be very good. My final thought is, wow. What a great championship fight <laughs> oh we have my wow. going on. Hamilton takes the lead. Max Verstappen's going to be eager. And who knows? We've seen some aggressive defending from him in the past around Spa. Will we see it again? It's going to be very fun. Lap one especially. We always see an amazing run down the long straight uh, on lap one because you don't really want to be on pole unless you get the worst, most worldy exit out of turn one. Anyway, there you go. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the Hungarian Grand Prix review. And thank you to Team WTF4 members for joining us live. It's been amazing to have you along. Uh, there's going to be lots more content coming off, coming over the off-season, lots of F101s, and the, the content calendar is is thick with two Cs. <laughs> so make sure you subscribe uh, if you're new uh, to make sure that you don't miss a video. So uh, thank you to Tommy. Thank you to Katie. And uh, thank you to you guys watching at home. So uh, we'll see you very soon for another podcast. Bye! Bye. Bye. Just seeing in the chat, Alexi. That time when Max and Lewis crashed at Cops. Yes, let's talk about that even more. <laughs> Doing Max Verstappen. Wait, what be happened like, then? I don't want any more effing questions I don't remember. about this. Yeah. When, when did Ooh. they do that? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay.
Bye. Bye.